Welcome to the Intentional Living Center. Dr. Randy here. One goal, one purpose for these next 30 minutes is to have us think about what is God's best intention for our life, helping us experience our life the way God intended uh, with less regret. Come on, less regret, less fear, less worry, less anxiety, less mediocrity, less procrastination, and a little more joy and completion in our life and comfort in knowing our, our daily decisions are bringing glory to him and benefit to us. It is not about perfection. We're not here for that. We're not here about prosperity, that you do this and you're going to be rich. That's not what we're about. You'll be rich in, in uh, I think, uh, in God's love and experience. And that's, that's what's most important. Go to bed at night and you can sleep through the night with less worry and less regret. That's why we're here. Anyway, thank you for joining us. And if you ever have a question, call our storyline. We have questions lined up for today. But our storyline is there. Just leave your question, and uh, we'll try to get to it here in the next while on one of the upcoming programs. Again, 888-888-1717 is the number. Let's go to Marie in Michigan. Hi there, Marie. Welcome to the program today. Hi, Thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. What's, uh, what's your question today? Um, it's a marriage question. Um, I am... Um, actually a counselor um, and have a library full of stuff from retreats and conferences, DVDs, books, (laughs) all of it. So I feel like the informed prisoner in trying to do something to encourage my husband to maybe embrace some of the library, if you will, um, or try some of the things he's just very against going to counseling. He thinks it doesn't work. So I struggle with that because it's what I do for my living. Um, Does he feel overwhelmed by you, Marie? Oh, Because sure. you're a counselor? Probably. Yeah. I, I say that because... I, try not to, I, yeah. I really try not to... No, I hear you. It. I, I really try. But it's... I mean, my heart is broken because I feel like I can help others, but I can't help the people in my own house. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm really broken from that. Yeah. Well, you, you know, you have to put on a totally different hat when you come home than the counselor hat. Absolutely. I'm the wife hat, the mom hat, the, you know, the family hat, which is totally different. What is it that, um, I mean, you want to, Talk to you. You want to just start better communication with your husband? Do you have something you're, you want to work on? Uh, communication would be a great start. Um, the one time that we did try something, the counselor wanted to start working on empathy skills building, and then it just got like stop sign hit, and he didn't want to go any further. Yeah. And, it, I, you know, I'm, I'm at a loss. I how long have you been married? It. 18 years. Um, you have children? Two. Are you both believers? Absolutely. Attend church every week when we just, you know, pull off the front. Nobody at church knows. Is it hard, and, is it hard for him to communicate or feelings or his, what's going on in his life with others as well? Is he kind of more of an introvert? Kind of closed. Uh, closed? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But... Uh, yeah, it's 
I'm just feeling really stuck and just don't know what to do. How do you approach him when on this now? Well, the recent question was, use the intentional word, when can we make some time to be intentional about our concerns? And I haven't gotten an answer yet. Yeah. So what do you guys, what do you talk about? What, what, is, what is your daily routine like? Um, just, you know, the run of the mill. How, what, what's being managed with the kids? Um, when am I leaving? When is he leaving? Who's coming home? Uh, just the, the mechanics of the household. Does he ever express things he's worried about or concerned about in life? No, he's pretty much locked up. Hmm. So, um, when you're in church and things, you, you know, you fellowship, you're together, but it just kind of, uh, closes down when you're together. Yeah. And wanting to talk like about anything can, meaningful. We can, we can look okay on the outside and for the sake of our kids and the, you know, fellowship, there isn't any like other couple that we can really confide in and like, it would be nice to have something like that. Um, maybe sometimes leadership is lonely because when you're kind of functioning in leadership and those kind of roles in your church, you just uh, don't have anywhere to go. If you had someone in your counseling office with exactly what you're facing, what would you tell them? Oh, Randy, why you got to ask this? <laughs> Sorry. Um. I know it's a good question. Um, get a sister and pray and fast until there's a miracle. Mm-hmm. You probably would add. So that's what I need. <laughs> you might. You might add. Continue to take care of your own self. Yep, I do my own therapy because every therapist needs one. Oh yeah. To debrief and you know, because you definitely don't want to bring it home with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you might want to add to that. You might you might even add telling that person you know you could express to him. You probably have, but express to your husband um, how much you love him and why this is important to you to talk. Not about necessarily problems, just to be able to talk about things that are meaningful to you and meaningful to him. Uh, in other words, entering into this real softly, not, hey, can we get together and talk about our problems? Because if I'm shut down and you say you want to talk about problems, I'm running. Oh, true. But starting with uh, the little things about um, how was your day or um, can we talk about schedules this week or can we, in other words, just starting on little things, small things that you can start to discuss. And when you do find him to be open in some way, even a little way, I think it's, we got to be careful not to jump in on it and then add four more things. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. In other words, I mean, you're trained. This what you got a whole library full of counsel. You know what, you know how to talk, you know how to connect, you know how to share. This is what you've seen the, the plus of that. And your husband's not there. He's in a totally different place. Do you, do you know he loves you and you love him? You love each other. I'm not sure. It's mm. really 
there's been a lot of pain in uh, the most recent months. I would say that the conversation has leaned towards, do you, do you want to keep going? Mm. And then the, then the answer would be, I don't know. Well, well, I can hear your, I can hear your pain. And as you know, you, you, just because you have a, in the profession of helping other people doesn't mean you're immune any more than a physician's immune from cancer or disease or broken legs or anything else. You know, I mean, we're, we're all subject to the realities of life. Right. Uh, I mean, as a Christian and a believer and you get married and you commit, you don't stand there thinking, you know, in about 18 years, we're going to get a divorce and put our kids through oh, yes. a demolished household, you know? Yes. Oh, I do. Not my heart, yeah. not my desire. I don't want it to happen. Hmm. I just don't know if I can even ask him to go to like one more conference, one more retreat. I just kind of vowed to like stop asking because it's like, okay, is that just the counselor in me that's <laughs> trying to get him to do this stuff? Yeah. Well, I would. And I, the concept of, you know, you can heal yourself, you can heal your marriage. If you're the only one trying, I'm losing grasp with that thought. And I don't know. Well, I, I do What's know. the next book I should read? <laughs> yeah, well, I probably wouldn't read any more books at this point because you probably know everything you need to know. What you need are some some support around you to help you. Because you, if you don't have the juice in you, you can't keep giving. You know, as a counselor, and frankly, that was that's one of the things about counseling is it's a draining profession. It's draining because you're constantly helping people uh, who are hurting, and so you're giving and you're giving, but you need to be putting in. Even Jesus had to get away from all the stress. He was all God. He was all man. And the man side, he got tired, and he needed to take a break. And I think maybe you need to take a break uh, from the focus on the problem and focus on some things in your own life, taking care of yourself, getting some energy, spiritual energy, the right people around you, encouraging you uh, in the process. I think that would be really an important thing to do. Um, I tell you what, you don't want to invite him to another conference, but I'll, I'll – I'll throw it out. If if the, if God leads you to do that, uh, I'd like to invite you, as I did, uh, uh, Tim, I think it was. No, Nicole, uh, just a little bit ago, uh, to to come. And so, uh, Marie, if you'll hang on, I'll let you talk to Stephen. We're going to pray for you. Let me pray for you now, and then I'm going to have you talk to Stephen. Uh, and you're welcome. We'll just put your name in the will call if you'd like to come to that Lansing, East Lansing Conference Tell your husband it's going to be non-threatening, just a night out, a date night. Here's what we're going to talk about, by the way, that night. Here's what gets us in trouble in, in marriages. In all relationships, we enter into a relationship with a certain set of expectations. And those expectations are based on lots of things. Our past experiences, our birth order, how we were raised, um, experiences in life. And then we face reality. Kids money, in your case, maybe poor communication, and that always creates a hijacked emotion. And that creates disappointment or anger or fear, anxiety, and lots of things. 
And what we need to do at that moment is to think about what the scripture says, where Paul says, go ahead and be angry, but don't sin. What he's saying is, use that emotion that you have, but don't be stupid. Use the emotion that you're experiencing in that marriage, but don't be stupid. Don't be sinful. Don't do something you're later going to regret. And he's saying to us that emotions can become a fuel that we can use to make a decision to say, this is a ridiculous way of living every day. There's got to be a better way. And then to step out and move from maybe unhealthy habits to some healthy habits, some basic healthy habits and how we relate to other people. And that, that, that's for all of us, by the way. And I'm going to go into more detail at that with that in our conference, uh, our marriage conferences here in, in Michigan um, in March. So let me pray for you, Marie. Father, I do pray for Marie and for her husband, two people who love you but are struggling in that same love for each other. And uh, we know that Satan just, well, he just camps out there and with great glee loves to see that happen. Pray for a breakthrough in their marriage, breakthrough in their communication, a breakthrough in understanding, that which will bring glory to you and benefit to them and to their family. And we'll thank you for it in Christ's name. This is Intentional Living with your host, Dr. Randy Carlson. Intentional Living is furnished by Parent Talk Incorporated and is made possible by the generous support of our listeners. This program is not a substitute for professional counseling, medical, financial, or legal advice. Intentional Living is not intended to be therapy by radio. We are Intentional Living, and we'll be right back. Laughter, fun, hope. You'll experience all of this at the Intentional Love Marriage Date Night. What's the process to build an intentional marriage? The reality is there should be a great big sign across our foreheads on the day we get married that says, Assembly Required. You'll have a great time at the Intentional Love Marriage Date Night. Friday, March 1st at New Hope Church in East Lansing. And Saturday, March 2nd at the Auburn Hills Christian Center in Metro Detroit at 7 p.m. Register at theintentionallife.com. Help you do that. We're going to have a fun time. Uh, and listen, I've been around, we, we've talked to over 50,000 people in these conferences, and uh, I'm smart enough to know, and all the people I've talked to, we got a wide range of people who come. We got couples who are coming who are, things are going great. They're just fantastic on the top of the hill, and they just wanted to go out to dinner and do something fun. And they come to the conference and stick some new information in their head and move on and say, thank you, Jesus, and are happy. Others are sitting there who, like you just heard Marie say, well, I'm not sure I'm going one more day with this thing. And so I'm, I'm cognizant of the fact and mindful of the fact when I stand in front of you all that we're going to laugh because that's important. I'm going to tell you some stories that you don't necessarily hear on the radio. That'll be fun. But we're going to talk really intentionally about these four things, about expectations, about reality, about your kids, about your health, about your in-laws, about your work, about communication, about getting on the same page, how to deal with hijacked emotions, the things that happen in our marriage, disappointment, anger, loneliness, moodiness, and then how do we develop from unhealthy habits, come on, all the unhealthy things we do as a result of that, to developing healthy habits, the power of one thing for 30 days, a challenge. So we're going to have a fun night and stick a lot in there in a couple, two, two and a half hours. 
uh, East Lansing, March 1st, um, Auburn Hills Christian Center on uh, March the 2nd. Looking forward to it just a month away. Love to have you be a part of it. All right, let's get back to our questions uh, today. Here's one from, here's a question coming in from New Mexico. Go ahead. Hi, my name is Francella. My question would be, how do you not be hurt and how do you not be angry when you were a single parent and you didn't talk negatively about your ex-spouse, but your ex-spouse talked negatively about you? You've never had any visitation or any support with the children at all. And now that my children are adults, they tend to gravitate towards him and his lifestyle of drugs and alcohol. And I just don't seem to matter or my feelings don't matter to my adult children anymore. How would you suggest someone deal with that? Thank you, Dr. Randy. Have a good day. Yeah, you're very welcome for leaving that uh, question with me, Jennifer, or uh, Francella, rather. Thank you for doing that. Um, yeah, that's a tough question because, see, you're approaching this with an expectation that they probably should have seen the difference between dad and me and followed in my path. But you know what? That had not always happened. Your children have made choices. You know, we, we say they make their bed, now they're going to lie in it. And so, obviously, to be intentional, I would pray like crazy. You talk about a prayer need. Lord, build a hedge of protection around my kids that they don't do something stupid enough that's going to damage their life or destroy them or kill them. Also, this is biblical, Lord, build a hedge of thorns around them as well that they'll find no pleasure and whatever sin they're involved in, because I know and you know it's not good for them. Lord, you gave me these children. I've done my best. Now I ask you to do whatever you need to do in their life to draw them to yourself. That would be my prayer. And then the second thing would be I would leave the door open. I would not close the door to your kids. I wouldn't preach at them. I wouldn't try to tell them how they're supposed to live. I would just love them to pieces. I'd be available. Let them see the love of Christ flowing through you and uh, present your life in such a way that it's desirable for them to want to stay connected with you because God's not finished with them yet. That's really what I would say. I know it's a hard thing, you know, because we talk about training up a child in the way they should go. When they're old, they won't depart from it. But in this case... These kids had two different messages coming into their life every day. And right now, it sounds like they're experimenting with dad's approach. Your prayer is that it, uh, it kind of, well, it becomes a stink in their nostrils. Right? Hmm. All right, let's, uh, let's go to New Mexico. I think we have another question. Hi, my name is Jennifer. I'm calling from Santa Fe, New Mexico. So I had the radio on, so I realized you guys were going to talk about, you know, if you're in something and you just feel like it's not meant to be what you're doing. I've been a nurse for 15 years, and I have done, you know, medical surgical nursing with chronically sick people, adults. I've done work with pediatrics for 10 years, and then I've recently been in labor and delivery for the last year. I left 
pediatrics to go to labor and delivery because I felt like it was something I just needed to change. I needed to do something different. While I'm doing it, it's been almost a year, and I am not enjoying it. I'm not feeling it. I've applied for another position in this same, you know, field, but as a clinical supervisor, kind of like a charge nurse. I have applied for this position for the last five months, and I've not had an interview. I was trying to control the situation, asking everybody about it. Finally, I stepped back over the last few months, couple months, and I just said, you know, I'm going to do whatever the Lord guides me to. And I've just kind of pulled back, and it's still not happened. I just don't feel happy with what I'm doing, the type of nursing that I'm doing right now. I'm worried about change. I'm worried about the financial part of it. I did go and speak with somebody today regarding home health care. I'm really nervous. I think I do have a good opportunity to do this, but I'm really nervous to be leaving a hospital that I've been at for the last 15 years, 16 years. And I just, I don't know. I want to leave it up to the Lord. No doubt about that, but I want to leave it to the Lord. And I'm wondering if that's where he's guiding me right now. I just feel like if I can get some guidance, I just, I need something. I feel very stuck. I'm in a, just in limbo. And I I want to know how to change and live what the Lord wants me to do. And I'm, Mm. I just need some guidance. Thank Mm -hmm. you so much. All right. All right, Jennifer. Listen, uh, if we've played this back, I think you'd hear yourself at least twice, maybe three times say, I'm nervous. I'm anxious, I'm fearful. And that's not of God. Let's just lay it out. God doesn't give us that spirit, that constant undercurrent of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So I'd really encourage you to ask, answer this question. If you weren't so fearful of taking a risk, do you already kind of know what you should be doing? I think sometimes God tells us, leads us right to the edge. It's kind of like we've got 80% of what we need to know And we're not ready to step out because we want one more. We want one more uh, thing before we'll do that. Now, I don't know. Maybe that's not the case, but you're saying, well, I don't know. Should I try that? Should I do this? Well, I'm fearful about leaving this job. I guess I would say I don't know that much about uh, the employment field, but I do know that nurses are in demand. So I can't imagine that if you left one thing, there wouldn't be something. I think there's a big demand for nursing in our culture today. And the world certainly seems like it. So maybe, maybe you've answered your own question. You're seeking, you're searching, maybe God's already provided and you're waiting for, for him to say one more thing and he's already saying, hello, I've given you all that you need. I've given you some open doors. I've given you some things to explore and you keep holding back. When are you going to trust me and step out? A lot of us stay on the side, this side of that line of really trusting God. Now, I know it can be stupid. We all know people, come on, we all know people who have done, I can't say stupid people because my grandkids might be listening, but we know people who have done stupid things. That's not what I'm talking about. Sometimes God leads us right there and it's very clear to everybody. So sometimes going to a trusted friend, someone who knows you well, who's godly and lay it all out and ask them, what would you do? And you might find that they would say, hey, it's kind of clear, isn't it? God's provided all this. When are you going to see it and step out and trust him to do it? All right. Hope that helps. Let's, uh, let me see here. We've got another question coming in. Uh, go right ahead. What's your question? Hi, my name is Leah. Um, comment slash question. I waited for six and a half years after I became saved for my husband to finally give his life to the Lord. And he did. It was awesome. It was exciting. But I feel lost on what to do now. I feel like I've been trying to be that that godly Christian wife and serve him and be a good example to help him 
hunger to learn more about God. I just don't know what to do because it's like he was just happy giving his life and that was it. He goes to church, but he has no desire to do a Bible study, to read scripture daily, to pray together, to do anything together other than just church. Um, I just feel so lost on what to do in many ways, kind of at the point of where I just almost decided just to, it sounds bad, give up, but I know that I need to let go and let God change his heart because I feel like I've been pushing the Bible study and pushing all these things that are just not happening. And I know that I need to let God work in his heart. And I'm just really struggling with doing that with a joyful spirit. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, some practical tips and tools would be really helpful. Thank you. Okay. Well, thank you, Leah, for leaving that uh, question. Uh, can I just be honest with you? I talk to you like I would of my daughter. Your husband is not a spiritual project. You're not the Holy Spirit for your for your husband. If he gave his life to Christ, he's a babe in Christ. You pray for him. And let me just encourage, I hear your heart, Lee. I'm not trying to be critical. I'm just, I hear your heart. You want him to grow and be a leader and, and so on. But at the same time, you need to change your job description. Because what I heard was, well, I prayed and prayed and it got him saved. Now I got to get him to grow. And I just think it's a, I think it's a dangerous thing when a spouse takes their, their, their husband or wife on as a project. And Jennifer, turn that microphone on over there because you're a wife. I'll put you on the spot. Is this more likely to be a woman issue than a man issue? Do you think women, I mean, generalizing, I know, sometimes take husbands on as a project? Uh, yes, at least in my case. I, I will fully admit I've done exactly what Leah has done or been doing. And I actually stopped whenever I heard you talk about you can only control three feet around you. Yeah. And you're not the Holy Spirit. I heard you in my head loud and clear, and I was like, okay, I need to stop. So for me, it was difficult because you only want the best for your spouse. Um, so it was, uh, it was a learning experience, and I'm still learning. All right. I'll put you on the spot because if I said that, I got in trouble. Right. <laughs> No, but seriously, uh, Leah, hey, listen, we hear your heart, and all women and wives who are listening, and you want your husband to grow and be more of a leader and grow spiritually, but just remember, pray for them, live in love, find the areas of great agreement and grow, and celebrate the growth in their life. But I'll tell you what, if your husband, if a husband starts to feel like he's a project, I'm telling you, he ain't going to be a happy guy. I don't know any husbands who say, you know what I love about my wife? is I feel like I'm her project. <laughs> That's what I really... <laughs> uh, do you agree, guys? Raise that right hand wherever you are in agreement. Okay. All right, we're out of here for today. You can leave your question for me. Stephen listens to him on our storyline. If you have a question you'd like to have me address on a program like these, I'm happy to do so. Or during our live shows, you can call as well. 888 1717 888-888-1717. I'm Dr. Randy, along with Jennifer and Stephen, the rest of the Intentional Living family. Thank you for your prayers and your support. Don't forget, just three weeks away now from that Intentional Love Marriage Date Night. Get your tickets uh, today, East Lansing, March 1st, Auburn Hills, Michigan, March 2nd, Friday, Saturday. Uh, go to theintentionallife.com. Have a great day. We'll see you next time.